Welcome to another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing Podcast. I'm your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing. All right, guys, we got another Notre Dame win in the books. But, God, it's never easy, is it? It can't be. Why would it be? It's Notre Dame football. It's never easy. We, we just have to accept what it is. And there was a great moment in Saturday's game with some Notre Dame fans that I will touch upon. Uh, and we're going to get into the game. And, you know, we're, we're going to spend more time on certain aspect of the game than the game itself. But, you know. But first, I really want to jump into the college football weekend that was. Because, holy crap, was it a crazy weekend. Uh, Alabama lost, if you guys hadn't heard. That was insane. Uh, but with Bama losing, some cool things happened. Uh, well, Bama lost, and just throw it out there. Notre Dame, Bama, same record. What's up? What's up? We got the same record as Bama. I don't think we're the same team, though. Just saying. But with Bama losing, there's a certain team that wears gold helmets that now owns the longest winning streak against unranked opponents. Your Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, but I again, we're not Bama. And they're not us. But it's fun. It's fun. It's cool. It's too bad that we don't have, you know, the, the 2020 team on the field. Because I feel like we'd be in a great spot uh, this season with all the other stuff that's going on. You know, but through the weekend, Iowa escaped Penn State. But I think that had more to do with the Clifford injury to Penn State. Uh, amazing. A quarterback. Big deal. Huh. Who would have thought? I feel like that might be a topic when we talk about our game. Uh, but with all the craziness, Cincinnati moved all the way up to number three. So if you want to find a silver lining on Notre Dame season, the mo- the silverest of linings you could dream of, Notre Dame's only loss is to the number three team in the country. So I guess there's that. You know, but uh, just looking ahead to what we have, um, the team we played next lost again. USC went down in flames to Utah. Uh, And by the way, we are tied for second for the longest road winning streak in the country with USC, which obviously will end in South Bend in two Saturdays. You know, Uh, but my favorite moment from a personal perspective you know, because there was other stuff, too. You know, uh, Ole Miss, Arkansas, that was insane. Nebraska almost knocked off Michigan. That was nuts. I mean, every everywhere you look, from morning to night, it, like I said, USC, that was after our game. Uh, just a, a lot of crazy stuff. But my favorite moment for my personal enjoyment 
was Florida State beating North Carolina. They lost to Florida State, guys. And all I can say about North Carolina is something I keep putting on Twitter because it's just too easy. Is in reference to North Carolina. Man, I'm tired of being right. And if you need more an understanding of where that is coming from, go to episode 18, which is way before the season ever started. Go to episode 18 of Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing Podcast. Fast forward to the 22-minute mark, 22 minutes exactly. Hit play and enjoy. I ripped them to pieces, and uh, I was right. Go figure that out. So, anyway, that was kind of cool. But enough, enough of college football, you know, and, you know, I know I'm a little late getting this recap out. I had baseball this week. Uh, I coach my son's team. We're in coach pitch. We are the Fighting Irish, which is awesome. But we are the Fighting Irish, not just the name on our jersey. We are 3-2 and two on the season, and the three wins are against teams that I know and I want. We are clearly better than. And then the two teams we've lost to are clearly better than us. And it hasn't been competitive in the two losses. We've lost 16-6 to six and 20-3. to three. Meanwhile, we're winning 16-2. to two. We're winning 10-3 to three against these lesser teams. <laughs> but but it, we're Notre Dame. It's, it's too fitting. It's hilarious. But really what we need to do is get into this Virginia Tech game and discuss whatever it was that happened on Saturday night because we just we got to get into it, right? So watch me for the changes and try to keep up because there's going to be some bouncing around from the... We know we're... I'm going to get to the Conan Buckner thing. You know that's happening. That's going to be most of however long I end up talking. That just that's gonna happen, but I do want to talk about the game and, and some things, you know. So uh, let's just get into it. Watch for the changes and try to keep up. So I gotta do one thing first, though. Is it safe to say exit Sandman at this point? I know we didn't dominate, but for real, guys, exit Sandman. Yeah, if you have a song that somehow directly relates to your team... I'm going to use it and be petty about it. It is what it is. Roll with it. I feel like you guys like that. You know, I'm just having fun. But I don't care what the score is. I don't care what the score is. We won. Exit Sandman. Have a good one. Take your loud music and move along. But let's discuss how we got to 32-29 Notre Dame over Virginia Tech. Shall we? So... Leading into this game, we all thought Pine was the guy. It's got to be the guy. Well, let me rephrase. Coming off of the, uh, why am I why am I spacing right now? Coming off of the uh, Cincinnati game, 
We're like, it's it's got to be pine, right? It's got to be. How can it not be? And then, and then it wasn't because Brian Kelly kept saying things that it's like, wait a second, this might not be a Drew Pine thing. It's going to be Cone. What is that going to look like? Oh, it's going to look like exactly the things that we've seen. That's what it's going to look like. So let's get into it. Uh, first drive, not awesome. If you guys are watching, uh, we, we had one sack. I feel like we had two, but I guess they're giving Cohen credit to getting back to the line of scrimmage and not taking a quote-unquote sack. So statistically, it says one sack. I feel like it was two. Either way, not awesome. So we punt. Second drive, not great. We didn't give up a sack, but we did do this fun thing where we false started when we were trying to line up to go for fourth and one. And that was a fun thing because... I'm watching the game. My fiance got her son. Uh, a friend is over. He knows the deal. He knows who I am and what I do is what it is. So I just turn to him. I go, hey, bud, uh, tell you what. I'll take a shot at Jameson if Notre Dame doesn't get this first down. Because I didn't think we were. There was no chance in hell. Cohen was on the field. Our offensive line is what it is. There was no way we were getting this first down. So I said, I'll do a shot at Jameson if we don't get it. You're doing one if we make it. So not only did we not make it, we didn't even go for it. Because we false started instead. Then we had a punt. Which I posed the question to uh, a number of you. I said, well, do I still have to take the shot? Because we didn't go for it. We didn't even attempt to go for it. But we didn't make it. Facts are facts. Shot of Jameson down the hatch. And that's a precursor for some things that are about to go down after three drives of Notre Dame football. So, after our second drive of getting nothing, Virginia Tech scores. Because you cannot continue to set your team up for failure and expect them to succeed. If you take the ball first and go nowhere, unless Jay Bramlin has a 73-yard punt in his back pocket every fucking week, I don't know what you're expecting to happen. You you need to know you're not going to move the ball, and the opposing team is going to get the ball around midfield. And they're going to need maybe 15 yards to be in field goal range if they've got a decent kicker. And then you should expect to be down. You shouldn't expect to be losing the game when you roll out the same bullshit every week, take the ball first, go nowhere, and then you give the other team half a field. I don't know how they didn't see this happening. So Virginia Tech goes down, to score, goes down and scores a touchdown. So how do we respond? With absolutely nothing. We run nowhere on first down. Because of course, of course you do. Then we throw an incomplete pass. And then we take sack number two or three, depending how you're viewing it. And then we punt. And at that point, Notre Dame Twitter had some fun. Let's just be real, guys. I mean, everybody out there. uh, Jimmy, Gallagher, uh, Dos Leprechauns podcast, uh, Brandon Fry. I'm trying to uh, remember all the names that were on this feed. Uh, Kevin out in Canada. I mean, all of us. We were taking shots. Like, it was New Year's, guys. Fuck the shot glasses. We were drinking straight from the bottle. We were all doing it. And you know what? That was needed. Oh, that was needed. Because at that point in time, my fiance decided, you know what? We're going to go pick up dinner. They wanted to let me be for a minute. So I'm going to go pick up dinner. I said, okay, well, hopefully I'm still awake when you get back. And she said, well, then just stop yelling at the TV. And I said, it's not going to be because of the TV. It's going to be because of the Jameson. 
But, hold on, hold on, hold on. Things started to look better. Enter Tyler Buckner. Not enter Sandman, enter Tyler Buckner. And he goes straight down the field, scores a touchdown, hits Kevin Austin on a huge pass. Running game opens up. What? You're kidding. A quarterback with multiple skills is able to change the game? No. You've got to be crazy. Like, I, I was in shock. And the shock wasn't so much that Tyler Buckner came in. I mean, I almost I expected Pine, truth truth be told. But then again, we were also told it would be the Conan Buckner with a wildcat element and this and that. So, Buckner coming in wasn't a total shock. What was a total shock was um, he actually ran the offense. It wasn't your wildcat run specialist so obvious that I could I could plan the defense. I could set the defense. That's what happened with Cone. You knew what was going to happen. You fucking knew what was going to happen. I could play in your defense. And I'm sorry. I, I know I watch every Notre Dame game. But uh, don't you think Virginia Tech did too? Isn't that part of the, the deal? Like, aren't you allowed to scout and plan for your opponent? So if I can see it sitting on my fucking couch in Corpus Christi, Texas, I'd like to think Virginia Tech's defensive coordinator... Hamilton is also kind of doing the same thing. And, again, Virginia Tech isn't exactly a pushover. So, uh, shocker, they figured it out. So then you bring Buckner in, and I'm going, oh, great. We, let's hope, let's hope, let's hope it looks better somehow, some way. We know the running game might be a little bit better. But then, boom, he hits Kevin Austin, and fireworks, man, just fireworks. You know, and then two out of the three drives... He was in for the first half, resulted in touchdowns. Huh. Amazing what a quarterback with multiple skills can do. Because the thing is, we thought Cone, I thought Cone, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I thought Cone had some semblance of mobility. Turns out he doesn't. And that's a problem. Because our offense, they want to have this RPO. They want to have a quarterback with mobility, and Cone just isn't that. It sucks. He just isn't it. You know, maybe with last year's offensive line, he could be the guy, but he can't. He can't be the guy. All right? So we go into half, which we gave up a fucking field goal right before the half, whatever, 14 to 13 at the half. So uh, we're sitting here, you know, Buckner's going to be the guy, you know, and Kelly's saying he's going to be the guy. And you're like, okay. It's looking good. All right, come on. Let's do it. And then they come out of the half, and the one thing I got to say about Freeman's defense, well, it's really two-part, really, but he seems, the defense, his defense, seems to give up points when, like, we really can't give up points. Like, now would be a good time to not give up points, and we do. But also, the halftime adjustments are just, they're not there. And again, I said this in a previous episode. Are, have we been spoiled when we had Clark Lee that like it's just assumed? Okay, whatever you did in the first half is done working, and I hope you like those points because you ain't getting any more. Because um, it's just Freeman. You, you almost have to account for 
another seven to ten points from the opposing team because he just doesn't. I don't know what adjustments could be made or not, but it seems like they they correct their flaw before we react to it. It's it's just weird, you know. So I I'd like to see that improve. You know, we have to anticipate that they're going to change. Now, I'm not saying dramatic changes. Don't be doing three-man fronts and <clears throat> letting them do whatever the fuck they want. <clears throat> That's not what I'm talking about. But, you know, one thing that I had said in the uh, preview about the Virginia Tech game that I was concerned about was that Burmeister has some mobility. And lo and behold, he was their leading rusher. It wasn't great. He only had 49 yards, but he did have a key touchdown. You know, um, and he only had one arm uh, towards the end of that game. And we still, it's like, you knew that was going to be a thing. How are we going to let that happen? It just doesn't make sense. But, you know, so they they come out of the half, and then they go down right, right out the half and kick a field goal. Now we're losing. We're losing 16-14. But we get the ball back on a pick. A nice play by uh, Tariq Bracey. And then we go down to score. Now we're at 21-16. We stop them, get the ball back. And then Pickner. Pickner. That's what it was. It was a Pickner. Buckner throws a pick six. And a lot of things on that play were frustrating. But he is a true freshman. This is going to be part of the deal with Buckner. And we, we have to understand and accept that. There's going to be those great moments. The Austin pass. Uh, he hit Avery Davis on a nice pass. His mobility, his his toughness, all that stuff. But the fact of the matter, he's a true freshman. And Deion Colsey probably could have run that route a little sharper. You know, he made a harder cut. He drifted a little bit and, you know, cornerback was there. Waller, who I said avoid. And there we are. And the thing is, if you avoid, here's the thing about that play that frustrated me most. And it's a freshman, so I, I have to understand and accept that he's not going to see the field in the same way that you would expect Cone to, which even Cone sometimes, like Cincinnati, like you're not seeing the field either. So if you're both, if all things are equal, why not just play Buckner? Because in terms of passing, just put Buckner out there. But on that interception, the pick six, when they showed the replay, that was like, oh, man, how do you... Oh. The top side of that field had so many possibilities. And uh, and may, maybe maybe I'm looking too much into it or seeing it for on the surface and not looking deeper, but like, I realized he, he looked right the whole time. I get that. But from the jump, it looked like the left side of that play... Had so many open possibilities, and he's still stuck with the right side. But again, that's going to take time. That's going to take development, which is I'm going to get into how you can make that happen and how can how he can improve upon that. It's not rocket surgery. I have an idea. So he throws a pick six. Okay, freshman mistake. I, you got to deal with it. It's going to be part of the deal. It's just going to be part of the process. You know? It's like, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example. Getting a new job or, 
you know, they have a new, they have a different computer system. Does that mean you don't know how to work computer? No, it just means they have a new system. You have to familiarize yourself with it before you can kind of second nature without thinking, hit the right keys to get to the right screens and whatever. It's just how it is. It, you have to roll with that for a minute, right? So then he comes out and he throws another pick. And that, again, freshman in the moment, like you just can't throw across your body to the middle of the field, rolling right. You just, those are things you just can't do. All right. And he did miss a few throws. Um, he looked like he was, I, I call it darting it. Like, it was like he was trying to throw darts and like nose diving the ball somehow. Uh, it's not because he can't make the throw. He he's ru- he was rushing. He felt he looked rushed. He he seemed rushed in, in some of the things he was doing. Some things were comfortable, but some he was his mind was ahead of his mechanics. Not because the mechanics are bad or that it wasn't the right read. Uh, in some instances, it was just he's trying to do things faster than what's actually happening. So that, that will slow down with time. It will. And again, I have an idea how to help that. But so on the second pick, he hurts his ankle. And you hear he hurts his ankle and you're like, oh shit, how did that happen? What happened? Um, it happened because he, he jumped. He jumped up in the air. And he came down funny. But he was jumping because he was like, ah, ew. he was upset with himself. Just a natural reaction. And then just, the grass got him. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Buckner's now hurt. We're we're stressing because it's we're still down. We're down 22-21. And he just threw a pick. And then Virginia Tech goes down and scores. So Virginia Tech scores, make it 29-21, and they scored with Three minutes and 55 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. And you're thinking, what? Like, this is not good. Find me the Jameson bottle. Let everybody start doing shots again because this is, this is not great. You know, and the touchdown they scored was on third and 15 with a quarterback who had a I don't need, I never even followed up, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I don't know what happened to Burmeister with collarbone, uh shoulder, which is kind of the collarbone, but you you know the difference. Like was it broken? Was it I was it elbow? Who knows? He was severely hurt and we let him run for fifteen yards like it was or sorry, twenty yards, because the play happened on the twenty. Like it was nothing. So whatever. So enter Jack Cohn. Well, fuck me running backwards through a cornfield was my first thought. Because that... Could he have sucked any harder to start the game? Like, are we really expecting the Florida State Jack Cohn again and the Toledo Jack Cohn again? And, uh, like, is that... How many times is this guy going to get benched before we realize he's not the answer? But Jack Cohn comes in. And holy shit. Like, I felt like Tommy Boy. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life. But that was awesome! Oh, man! He looked like he knew what the fuck he was doing! But I think that has to do with what we needed at the time. Cohen can run the 
hurry up, two minute, whatever you want to call it. I think I even said that. Talking about the preview. I don't know if I wrote it down. But I just, I talked about Jack Cohn being able to, or maybe I tweeted it. He seems to do effective in this hurry up, two minute offense. But like, why can't we do that all the time? And I'm not saying full on two minute offense, but just something with a little bit of pace where he's got to be quick. That works for him. It's successful. The idea is to be successful. The idea is to not look like a monkey fucking a football. The idea is to not fill in your bingo spaces to make sure you check all your boxes. The idea is to be successful and win football games. And if you need Cone to be the quarterback, which it looks like they still want him to be, why not design the offense and do what works for him? And you have that in your playbook. We've seen it. Florida State. Toledo, now Virginia Tech. We've seen the, the the quick stuff work for this guy. Why not let that be the offense when Jack Cohen's on the field? I don't understand it. I don't understand why we continue to play the same mistake on repeat. You've got to see it at some point, right? So uh, Cohen comes in, scores a touchdown. Then... We get a field goal to uh, win the game with, what was it, 30-something seconds left? Sorry, 17. 17 seconds. Cone comes in, two drives. Touchdown field goal. Game over. Thanks for playing. Oh, I got to get on. I'm glossing over kind of a big play. My bad, guys. I'm glossing over something kind of important. Um, Kevin Austin's two-point conversion catch was insanity. Because, first of all, Cone rolled out, and I was like, holy shit, what's this? His legs are moving in a progressive way. What the fuck? And then he just floats the ball up. You know, look like Joe Montana for the Niners finding Dwight Clark in the end zone. Except I feel like Montana knew Dwight Clark was there. And Cohen said, please somebody catch this. And then Kevin Austin out of nowhere, who's getting murdered, as it turns out. I didn't see it live, but there still pictures and replays show he's, he's getting pretty beat up while he's catching this football. And that was amazing. So we get the two, and now it's a tie game. Now Virginia Tech has to do something, and they do nothing. So thank you, Marcus Freeman, for stepping up at that point with your defense. Hell yeah. Then we go down, win the game. is a beast. He's got the leg. Who shanks up for no apparent reason, miss extra points for whatever reason, but then he makes these big kicks. So keep doing it, man. Notre Dame overcame a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff to win this football game. You know, I know I ran through that game, but that's because I, I want to spend some time talking about this quarterback thing. But we overcame a lot of stuff. You know, something that was... Are penalties not allowed to be thrown? Like, penalty flags just... Uh, unless it's borderline, like, an arrestable offense. No flag allowed. Um, like, Mitchell Evans. That gets flagged. For blocking. He got flagged for blocking. Uh, the guy saw him coming. Evans is just standing there and lays the wood. Not only is it a apparently an illegal cutback block, which I don't understand. He Mitchell Evans was standing there waiting for the guy. The guy saw him. Lights him up. Oh, not only is it a legal block, it's targeting too. Bye-bye. Okay. But how about on the same play, if you just 
turn your eyes about 10 yards downfield to the sidelines, Kyron Williams got popped a good two yards out of bounds. But that's 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 okay. It wasn't he didn't hit him with the hand or nothing. You know, you can just pop him as hard as you need to out of bounds. Because that happened to Logan Diggs too. Logan Diggs took two full steps out of bounds, still gets lit up. No flag. Why would there be? But then they did avoid throwing a flag on Kurt Heinisch. That was awesome. Kurt Heinisch is a beast. He just he helicoptered the running back, like, excuse me, sir. You were going this way. Now you're going to go this way. And that made me laugh because that happened to me in high school. Um, they had me filling that running back for what reason I will never understand. I, at the time, was I a sophomore or junior? That don't matter. I mean, I'm 5'6", 155 now, and I was a, smaller than that <laughs> at the time. If I'm a running back... I try to get to the hole. Middle linebacker comes, literally grabs me by the neck and throws me back. Fully expect that to happen with me. But it was funny. Heinish did it. And it looked like horse collar. Like, oh, shit. And then some weird rule that inside the tackle box, that's fair game. Good to know. Good to know. I would just tackle like that all the time then. Inside the tackle box. Just go ahead and do that. Fair game. Bring it on. WWE style. But uh, then the phantom clipping are, are... I know you can't review everything. I understand that. Like the Kevin Austin touchdown, or not touchdown, as his heel stepped out, but did it, I don't know, whatever. But that was not clipping. Don't you? Isn't the requirement for it to be clipping to actually touch the other player? Like he didn't touch him. They both tripped on who knows what. But it was a wild game. Their name overcame. Cone starting overcame. The referees overcame. Buckner getting hurt. And, uh, you know, it's so many things. But I, I got to quote, I guess Greg Flamong is getting a lot of love for my podcast. At Greg2126. He had the best tweet. From Saturday night's game. And you know, I, I hope it got enough attention because it was fantastic. Here's how Greg explained Saturday night Saturday night's game. Quote So in conclusion, the young guy came in and saved the game, but later tried to blow the game. And the old guy who first blew the game then came in and saved the game. End quote. I mean, could you say it any better? Like, Cole comes in, sucks. Buckner comes in, saves the day. Then he starts to suck. Then he gets hurt. Cone, who was sucking, came in and somehow played the best football he's played all season. What? Like, major malfunction, major malfunction. (laughs) Like, uh, my brain can't keep up. And I've been saying that all season. That's the part I don't get. It's fucking wild. Like I said, it's never easy, guys. It's never easy. All season, it's like I'm sitting here going, my my brain can't compute what's happening in front of my eyeballs. And it makes no sense. So, we win, 32-29. Now, the next few minutes, I'm just going to explain where I stand on this Buckner, Cone, and I guess Pine thing. But let me start with Pine. 
it's obvious he's not going to play. It's obvious. If he's not coming in at all against Virginia Tech based on the opportunities that were there for him to enter the game, I guess, sorry, buddy. I love your moxie. I love what you did against Wisconsin. I enjoyed how you looked against Cincinnati. Uh, but uh, I I don't want to say it, but unless something crazy happens, your time at Notre Dame might not ever come, unfortunately. Uh, it, it is unfortunate. I, I think he's he's a good kid. Uh, I thought we'd see him on Saturday night to start. Then after Cohen sucked, I thought we'd see him that time. Then we didn't. Then Buckner got hurt. I'm like, okay, probably going to be Pine because Cohen sucked, but it still wasn't Pine. So, sorry, bud. Uh, it sucks. But let's talk about what we do know or what we did see. Cohen and Buckner. Um, it's simple. For me, you got a bye week. You have two full weeks. You started opening up the playbook at, with Buckner. Kelly even said we've been holding him back. Well, now you have no reason to hold him back. Um, treat him like QB1. Give him all the reps he can get. I don't know what his ankle situation is, but supposedly he was on the sideline in the fourth quarter throwing the ball around, uh, anticipating having the opportunity to come back in the game. So, if his ankle's good, and even if it's not, film is very beneficial. He's got enough film now. He can see some stuff like that pick six. He can see, hey, look, oh, yeah, I could have looked to the left side of the field and we got to play there. So, but... Treat him like QB1 to give him as much exposure to those situations as possible. Don't treat him like the specialty gimmick wildcat guy and give Cone all the reps and uh, the attention when it hasn't worked. How many games are we going to be down whatever to nothing before you make a change? It was 17 against Cincinnati. It was 10 against Virginia Tech. And in both instances, it wasn't because the defense was playing bad. We handed them points. We're giving them free points. But if you want to start Cone and you want to do the same crap, I guess at, at minimum, give them the ball first so we get the ball at midfield instead of they get the ball at midfield. I mean, I don't know what to do. But my feeling is you you just go to Buckner. Make him QB1 because there's I've we've seen Buckner can throw the ball. He's got the ability. He's a freshman. And the speed is is not there yet. He's he's not caught up. Okay, that's where that's where the challenge is. Well, how can you help that and work with that? Give him all the reps possible. Give him all the uh, film. Give him the attention, the instruction to be QB one. Okay, that's what I think. And instead of Buckner being this little specialist in certain scenarios and having a package, give Cone the package. Give Cone the two-minute package because the kid is dynamite in that scenario. He is. And again, if it was last year's O-line, Cone's probably the guy. Fact of the matter is, that ain't the, that ain't a thing, despite the fact that we rushed for like 180 yards. That was amazing. A lot of that had to do with Buckner. Oh, and real quick, uh, Logan Diggs, awesome. Great. I don't know what's going on with Tyree, turf toe. Uh, it's unclear. He's got two weeks. But Logan Diggs showed some stuff, guys. I'm glad we have him in our backfield going forward. That's awesome. I put that out on Twitter. That needs to be talked about. He comes in. Virginia Tech environment. It's a road game. 
And like I said uh, before the Virginia Tech game, sometimes in those moments, sound just kind of disappears and you're you're in the moment and you make your plays. Logan Diggs absolutely 100% did that. What a great thing. He comes in to, you know, give Williams a break or even be on the field at the same time as Williams because sometimes Williams is in the slot. He caught a touchdown pass out of that. And Diggs was just awesome. Like, good job, dude. Yeah, we had so many freshmen play on Saturday, and that's another sign that I feel like just go with Buckner. When you got Alt and Barong and Evans and uh, Diggs and who am I missing? I feel like I'm missing somebody. We had, we had a lot of freshmen on the field, and that's awesome. That's fantastic. Colsey. There you go. Colsey's on the field. I knew I missed one. Uh, just run with it. Just go with it. And give him all the opportunities to be that guy. Uh, that's the way I see it. He's shown the ability to do what we need out of the quarterback position from every aspect. The running threat. The passing threat. The toughness. It's just going to take time. And But I look at our future schedule... And I don't think there's anything you're like, we can't roll him out against insert team because he's a freshman and that, that's going to be a loss. With Buckner or Cone, I don't look at any game and think there's a loss. But with Cone, I feel like, shit, we're going to have to come back. Because as much as I want to rag on uh, USC and North Carolina, and I will, but as much as you want to rag on them the fact of the matter is they do still have talented players on their roster and they can take advantage of mistakes if you only give them a half a field eventually they're going to be close enough to get points if not all the way and score a touchdown so if you're going to put Cone out there just accept that it's going to we're going to have to come back you know if you're going to have to come back why not try it with the freshman who has so much more upside but fine, that's where I stand. That's where I stand. Treat Buckner like QB1. Give him every opportunity to learn more of the playbook, to see what needs to be seen. You know, treat him and give him all that attention. It's only going to be better for him, right? Okay, so that's where I stand. Let's play devil's advocate from my feeling and, and view and opinion and idea. Cone is still the guy. They want him to be the guy. He's the starter. Okay, fine. Let Cone be the guy. Here's the thing. We cannot play the same mistake on repeat for the how many of the fucking straight game? I mean, outside of Florida State, uh, like how many times are we going to do nothing for one, two, three drives before something changes? I mean, maybe it wasn't as obvious. There were certain things that were obvious. He can't run. He gets sacked. Offensive line, whatever. But Wisconsin, Cincinnati, Virginia Tech. Now, we're going to go into USC with two weeks to prepare and do nothing. Do, don't change anything. Just insanity. Do the same thing on repeat, expecting a different result. I don't understand. So if you're going to go with Cone, here's where I'm going with. If you're going to go with Cone, you have to change the playbook. 
And that's why I don't understand why you wouldn't just go to Buckner. Why not stick, keep the same playbook and put the guy who can operate the playbook and give him the opportunity to do that? Because the other option is change the playbook or just have a certain segment of it for Jack Cohn, which is what you were doing with Buckner. But I, it's, it's weird. But you're going to have to basically go to a hurry-up, fast-paced, up-tempo offense with Cohn on the field. And you have to start there. You can't, after shit been done and we're playing from behind, we're down 17-0 or 10-0 or we've scored no points, whatever the story is, you can't then go, okay, now we're going to change it up now. No, just from the jump, from the get-go, all the way from the start where we go, go, all right, rush, from that point forward, up-tempo, hurry up, move the ball down the field. Just do it. Just do it. They, I'm not I'm not a coach. I know that. Yes, I played college football, but I didn't coach it. I played a position. I didn't play the entire offense. There's got to be a point where, like, I know we're just watching it on TV, whether it be Peacock or the ACC Network or NBC or whoever the fuck else is airing our damn games. We're just watching it. But you can't tell me Reese and Kelly don't see these things. Like, I, I'm questioning if they do. I'm really questioning. Do What do you see? Because I need to know. And I know we're not at practice and things are a little bit different. I get that. But at the same time, you know, you hear all the time, uh, there's some play, people are good test takers. Uh, admittedly, I was one of those kids. I didn't study that hard. And don't tell my dad. That's probably why I didn't end up in Notre Dame. Uh, because I was a good test taker. But I also didn't do the other stuff. To get to that next level. That's my own fault. But some people are good in game. Some people don't practice well. And I realize there is a correlation between the two, but at the same time, like I mean that's the Drew Pine argument right there. Is like, okay, I guess he's not doing well in practice or I mean, yeah, he's not doing well in practice, but he shows up in games. But like and what how many games is Cone not gonna show up for before we decide, like, okay, I don't give a fuck what he does in practice. Can't do shit in the game, and last time I checked, that's what matters. Are, are they? Are correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know. Are they handing out trophies at practice? Are, is the college football playoff committee checking out practices? They're like, well, <laughs> you see that? Here you go. Congratulations, you win the national championship because your practice team is fucking amazing. I don't give a shit what you do in practice. I want to know what you do on my television on Saturdays. I know that's all I can see. I get that, but at some point, we got to change the fucking shit up. So, just be different. Come out with something special. Please, show me you're seeing what we're seeing. That's all I ask. So, I, I'd i like to see Buckner, but I can understand and accept that it might be Cone because I do see the true freshman things, but it can't be the same thing. It can't be what we've seen. It just can't be. It can't be. I can't say it another way. It can't be. Play to win the game. You can't keep rolling the same fucking dog shit out there and expecting it to smell different. It's still dog shit. You can pick it up and bag it up. It's still dog shit. And you keep putting it back out there. Change it up. But that's all I got, guys. That's it. So, um, at some point next week, I'll break out a USC preview because that should be fun. In case you don't know, they've got a 
uh, wide receiver that that's pretty good. He caught like a hundred passes against Utah. They lost though, so how valuable is that? I don't know. We'll see. But thank you all for listening. If you did listen this far, please find me on Twitter at five foot nothing pod. Shoot me an email five foot nothing pod at gmail.com. Uh, let's get let's get some conversations going. Interact with me. I I'm all about the interaction, guys. Just I enjoy it. That's that's why I'm doing what I'm doing, and I'm on Twitter the way I'm on Twitter. Just bring it. Let's go. And uh, keep the shots of Jameson flowing. Irish car bombs all day. Not all day. We won't make it through the game, guys. But you know what's up. Uh, anyway, thank you guys so much. Like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Five stars. Thank you. Until next time. Five foot nothing. Hundred nothing. Out.